0: NBA Gambling Podcast on the Sports Gambling Podcast Network is presented by WinBet. WinBet is now live in Arizona, Colorado, Indiana, Louisiana, Michigan, New Jersey, New York, Tennessee, and Virginia. From boosted same-game parlays to live in-game odds, WinBet has what you need to win. Sign up today, bet $100, and get $100 at sportsgamblingpodcast.com. That's sportsgamblingpodcast.com. State restrictions apply. We're also brought to you by the SGPN Merch Store. Head over to store.sportsgamblingpodcast.com and use promo code MADNESS for 10% off of orders of $40 or more. Welcome, everyone, to the NBA Gambling Podcast, part of the Sports Gambling Podcast Network. It is March the 9th, Thursday, currently 11.01 on the East Coast here to talk about the NBA schedule here on Thursday night six game schedule and we'll recap of what we saw on a Wednesday night in the association but joining me help me to break it down and recap everything that we saw you guys know him as a voice on the tennis gambling podcast the WNBA gambling podcast the NFL gambling podcast and of course here on the NBA gambling podcast is Scott Studio Rochelle Scott what's going on my man
1: not nothing much. Uh, looking forward to going through the games today. Pretty interesting NBA card yesterday. I'm trying to think of how many games actually went down to the wire. Uh, the Pelicans game did because McCollum took over the fourth quarter. What do you have, like 16 points in the fourth, 18 points in the fourth? He yeah, kind of took like over a, the game.
0: Yeah, he had like a stretch of, I think, like 11 or 13 straight points for them. Um, but was good to see him snap out of it. I know he was, he's been struggling a little bit over the past, uh, I guess, couple weeks, we can say.
1: Yeah, and Luka's now going to be out indefinitely, which isn't exactly ideal. Uh, you had yeah. the Durant injury where he slipped on, on a wet spot uh, pregame, and yeah. now he might be out for a couple of weeks. Uh, the Atlanta game was good. The Cleveland game was good. Uh, the Clippers game technically it was close, but not really. Overall, just a decent uh, day in the NBA. Uh, the shocking loss, I guess, was Denver, who lost by yeah. 21 points at home. But thought it was a pretty entertaining card. My um, bets worked out pretty decently. How'd your day go?
0: Yeah, yesterday wasn't too bad as far as side and total went. Uh, props did pretty good. I went 3-1 on my player props. But yeah, I think um, more closer games than we're kind of used to seeing. But th- this week, since Sunday, has been pretty good as- in the association. Um, like you mentioned, the only blowout last night was Chicago uh, with a shocking victory there. And obviously, uh also uh, Boston Boston uh, bouncing back against the Portland Trail Blazers. And that game, they won that game by 22. But Everything else was pretty entertaining, man. Uh, You mentioned Atlanta Hawks get the road victory against the Wizards. Um, Cavs go into South Beach and beat Miami. And then we had the blowout, even without Kevin Durant, uh, for the Phoenix Suns. Uh, They won by 31 points against uh, OKC Thunder. Devin Booker in that game scored 44 for the Phoenix Suns. And then the late night game or the second uh, late night game between the Raptors and the Clippers. Clippers get the victory there. Uh, they get the cover. Game goes under the total. Kawhi Leonard, 24 points, uh, 12 rebounds, and three steals in that game. But, um, yeah, I mean, the freak injury kind of sucks for Kevin Durant, man. I mean, during warm-ups, and there's like a I'm – I'm sure you saw it on Twitter where they kind of had the freeze frame of how bad the ankle looked. I think we got some news this morning that he it's, I think, a grade two – ankle sprain for Kevin Durant and he's going to miss probably if not more than likely the rest of the season and maybe some of the playoffs but we'll see uh but I think they'll be okay without him Scott what do you think
1: with Durant being such a, an important piece to this team you might have to wonder if they can get by in the short term probably I think they'll be able to maybe they won't win the division now but we'll see they looked really good on Sunday against Dallas, and Dallas's defense we know is horrible, so I'm not sure if that's a good litmus test. But the point is, if you're going to win a championship, uh, if you're going to win a championship, you're going to win multiple playoff series, they're going to need some chemistry. And you could argue that maybe the chemistry is overrated because you're so talented, but yeah. especially with Chris Paul being past his prime and having to rely on other scoring options, it's a big deal. Is it going to impact Phoenix in the short term? No. But long term, in order to win a championship, I think it's a big deal.
0: Yeah, I think it. I, I was trying to pull up the exact report on what they were saying about him um, as far as the ankle sprain, but man, that just just it just sucks about how it all just kind of went down. And it wasn't like even during a game; it was like during a uh, during warmups. But hopefully, he can get back sooner rather than later. Again, Kevin Durant has just been ruled by injuries over the last two seasons uh, for the. Um, I mean, with the Nets and now with the Sun, so. Yeah, I think the chemistry, I think at least for the regular season, will be fine. They do have the second hardest remaining schedule in the entire association. Um, but again, you still have Devin Booker. I know you mentioned Chris Paul has kind of past his prime, but now it's time for the other guys to step up. Uh, guys like Terrence Ross and campaign DeAndre Aiden. I think he has to be that second guy now and provide that scoring uh, punch. I mean, not as much as Kevin Durant does, obviously, but you know, if he could chip in for 19-20, to 10 rebounds a night i think that'll be enough for them to you know win some games and just kind of keep their head above water but hopefully he's back rather than sooner rather than later uh this morning got the Steven adams news he's going to be out for another four weeks uh for the memphis grizzlies um i think they also we got news yesterday for john moran that he's going to be out for another four games as well so they do have a big game tonight against the golden state warriors i'm sure everybody's gonna be tuning in to see the uh, how many technical fouls we'll see between Draymond Green and Dylan Brooks, but we'll get to that uh, when we get to that game. Um, anything else, Scott?
1: Uh, for me, not really on that specific case. I just feel like the main problem that Phoenix is going to have is when you trade for a superstar and you give up a couple of assets. And Mikel Bridges, I don't think he ever would have gotten the green light that he has now in Brooklyn, but the point is we know how talented he actually is. You lose him, you lose Cam Johnson, I'm not the biggest Cam Johnson guy, but he was still a valuable piece for that Phoenix team. You basically lost two of your main contributors for nothing in the short term because Durant's going to be giving you nothing for the next couple of weeks. Mm -hmm. And we thought this Phoenix Suns team wasn't good enough before they made the KD trade. Mm -hmm. It would not surprise me if Phoenix struggles over the next couple of weeks because we saw how they looked before they got Durant, and they looked like a pretty good not great NBA team and Booker getting injured definitely was a piece of it, Mm -hmm. but I am kind of wondering if this team's going to fall in the standings now because they lost their best on ball defender, a good three point shooter in Cam Johnson. And basically you indirectly replace them with nothing for the next month or two. I am wondering if Phoenix is going to kind of hit a tailspin and slide in the standings or not.
0: Uh, I mean, kind of look at the standings right now. Are you expecting Memphis to slide now without obviously John Moran at least for another four games and now Stephen Adams?
1: I think they're going to slide but they also had themselves well how how uh, far ahead of the four seed are they?
0: So they are right now tied so they're sitting in the third spot right now. They're seven games back. They're tied with Sacramento um for the two spot right now. So they're at, if playoffs start today they would be the three seed. Now they're two games ahead of Phoenix Um, for the fourth spot, and they're five games ahead of Golden State and the Clippers for five and six.
1: I'm not sure Memphis is going to fall that much then because I just said that Phoenix might struggle. You mentioned how tough the schedule is for Phoenix moving forward, which isn't a good combination. Golden State can't win a road game, so I'm not convinced Golden State is going to make any run of it. I think Memphis is probably going to stay, Pat. I still don't think the team is great, but they're still 26-5 and at home. I have yeah. to bring it up. They're still sure. a very good home team. They play Golden State tonight. We'll talk about that game in a bit. Yeah. But I just think that Phoenix had the aspirations of potentially being a top three seed, winning the division with yeah. Durant. I'm. I think that ship has kind of sailed. Yeah. But you know, Sacramento. If I had to pick who's going to win the division now, I'd probably pick Sacramento.
0: Yeah, I think so too. I mean, Sacramento is just um, they've. I'll, Obviously been consistent all season long, but it seems like they're playing even better basketball after the all-star break. Yeah. Like we mentioned, they are sitting in that two spot 38 and 26 uh, seven games behind first place, but they do have a, a nice cushion uh, now with those two teams that are dealing with injuries that are behind them in the Memphis or injuries and John Moran being away in Memphis and on now Phoenix with Kevin Durant going down and they have a five game lead over Golden state. Who's currently in the fifth spot. And also the Clippers in the sixth spot also have it. They have a five-game lead. So,
1: And I think Jaw's is going to come back, right, based on how there were, they dismissed any potential criminal charges stemming from the incident. That does suggest yeah. that the framework is there for him to come back to action maybe after this four game, these four bonus games, maybe a little bit more. But it does seem like based on the legal proceedings and how the investigation went for the police, Mm-hmm. It suggests suggest jaw is going to come back at some point, doesn't it?
0: Yeah, I think so too. Um, probably for maybe the 10 last 10 to 12 games for the uh, Memphis Grizzlies right now, uh, they have played total 64. So that'll take them to 68 without jaw. Yeah. So maybe at that point, he comes back for the final uh, two to three weeks of the regular season. So we'll see. We'll keep an eye on the news, obviously. And uh, we'll go from there. But right now, Without him, they have lost three in a row. They do have a game, like we mentioned, against the Golden State Warriors here tonight, Uh, and we'll, like Scott said, we'll get to that game in a bit here. But uh, anything else, Scott?
1: Um, not really. I think that kind of sums up my takeaways for yesterday and potentially the future. But the Durant injury is unfortunate. Feels like Durant constantly gets injured by fluky things, which is especially frustrating. But you know, part of the question or the main question people had when Phoenix got together this uh i don't this big three however you want to call it big two and a half i don't know how you Mm -hmm. want to phrase it but the big question was durability yeah and Durant played what four games three games
0: four yeah it was four yeah
1: so whether it's fluky or whether it's not the main questions were going to be the main question was going to revolve around injuries and yeah phoenix lasted about a week yeah so yeah we'll see
0: we'll see uh, all right. Before we get into the games here for tonight, let me tell everyone about our presenting sponsor. That is WinBet. WinBet is the official online sportsbook of the Sports Gambling Podcast Network. WinBet is active in a bunch of states, and there are a ton of ways to win, including live betting and same game parlays, aka WinBets. Build your own bet. March Madness is almost here. There are plenty of ways to win to to win. Getting down on the NBA, NHL, and XFL. Sign up today to receive a special offer: bet one hundred and get one hundred. Limit the state availability, and of course, for our DGENs, only if you hit the biggest long-shot parlay of the week, you get a $1,000 free credit. There's so much to choose from. All you have to do is head over to sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash winbet so they know that we sent you. That sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash W-I-N-N-B-E-T. Offers up to change terms and conditions at winbet.com. Must be 20 years or older and present in a state where playthrough winbet is available. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem, call 1-800-522-4700. All right, Scott, let's get into the schedule here for tonight with the first game on the board. It's going to be my Houston Rockets heading to Indiana to take on the Pacers here tonight. Uh, Looking at the opening line for this game, the Pacers opened up as a nine-point favorite. That number is uh, pretty much stayed the course. I've been bet up half a tick to nine and a half. Total opened up at 236 and a half. That number has... Uh, Stay the course pretty much at 236 and a half. Do see some 236s out there as well. Uh, Looking at the injury report for both of these teams. For the Rockets, uh, Kevin Porter Jr. is going to be out for this game. Ty Tai Washington uh, is now on G League assignment. and That's pretty much it for the Rockets. For the Indiana Pacers, pretty clean injury report. Uh, Aaron Neesmith is a questionable tag here tonight. He is dealing with left hip soreness. Um, Scott, let's start with the side here. Um, The Pacers laying a nine and a half hosting the Houston Rockets.
1: I'm going with Indiana. I know it's a big spread on principle because Indiana has been a team that you prefer to get points with than lay points with. But Houston has been so awful that I'm not sure if it's going to matter. You're looking at Houston's last couple of weeks here, if not a month. They have lost 12 of their last 14. The two wins were against San Antonio who might not be a real NBA team, so you can make an argument they've lost 12 straight. But in reality, Houston isn't good at anything. Offensively, they're pretty hit or miss, mostly miss because all they do is run isolation stuff and Silas can't coach. Defensively, they're horrible. Uh, they have no rim protection because Shangoon isn't exactly known for his defense, let's put it that way. And Jalen Green's a good athlete, not a good defender. Uh, it just feels like this team is constantly trying to put together – Just really ugly basketball stretches. And I'm trying to think of how they can even win games repeatedly. And San Antonio is actively punting. So I guess that's how they could win. Uh, But Indiana at home has been solid. They've been especially good ATS. Houston's been atrocious on the road, both straight up and ATS. Spread sounds big, but I'm going to take it. I want nothing to do with Houston. And it feels like against any teams with a pulse, they just lose by double digits guaranteed. I'm taking Indiana. I, I think that at home, they usually have a pretty good home crowd. Give me the Pacers who by double digits.
0: Yeah, I agree with you. I'm not going to regurgitate everything you said. I mean, obviously, they are in tank mode. All the Rockets um, pretty much have the – actually, they do have the worst record in the entire association. We know where they're headed uh for the uh lottery uh trying to get that number 1 pick or number 2 pick to get the top two guys in the upcoming draft so um yeah they've been atrocious on the road have the rockets 11-22 against the spread 10 and 21 as road underdogs and like you mentioned the pacers have been pretty solid at home uh this season 21 and 13 against spread overall and they're 6 and 5 as home favorites but again we have the worst team coming in i think that um they'll take care of business here uh, against the Rockets. So I'm with you on the Pacers here. Total sitting at 236. Scott, any thoughts on that?
1: It's tricky because I just said Houston's offense has not been great, but I guess on principle, I kind of have to lean to the over. Probably Indiana team total over is my favorite play here, but How am I not going to expect Indiana to score at least 125 points in this game? Just with the pace alone, with Houston having no rim protection, with them not being able to guard anybody, and even just not trying to guard anybody, I see a lot of pace in this game, and I see points. I'll lean to Indiana team total over as my favorite total in this game, but when one team's going to score roughly 130, it's tough to lean to an under. Mm -hmm. I'll go with the over.
0: Yeah, I agree with you about that. Um, it just makes too much sense. I think, again, Rockets defensively, just not very good. And they're a very bad three-point defense, not only for the season, uh, but it got even worse somehow since the All-Star break. Um, they're giving up 17 three-point makes per game to the opposition since the All-Star break. They're allowing, I think, close to 40% uh, shooting um, from beyond the arc. So now you have to go up against guys that can knock the shot down. We're talking about Buddy Heald. Uh Tyrese Halliburton, he can, you know, knock it down. Uh Miles Turner. Uh Aaron Eastmith, if he's able to go, he can knock down the shot as well. So I think uh, again, they'll have their yeah, they'll have their hands full here tonight against the um Pacers three point uh shooting here tonight. Uh which leads us into player props, Scott. Uh I think we're probably both in agreement about Buddy healed over three and a half three pointers made here tonight. But any other player props to stick out to you?
1: Yeah, for me, I know that uh, Halliburton's assists are pretty high, 10 and a half. I, mm-hmm. That sounds too low to me, to be honest. Yeah. If Indiana's going to score 120-plus, which I expect them to, then mm-hmm. Halliburton's probably going to have at least 12 assists, probably more. Uh, he's had at least 11 in three of the last four games, so he's been facilitating well. Houston doesn't have anybody that can guard him. They don't have any rim protection. There's really a lot of ways for Halliburton to pick apart this defense, and mm-hmm. I think he will. The only way that you end up losing this, in my opinion, is if there's a blowout, which is a bit of a concern. But I'm hoping that he can do enough early on to get to this number. I'll go with the Halliburton assists at 10.5. Minus 105.2, I think that's a pretty generous price. I'll take Halliburton assists.
0: Yeah, I like that as well. I mean, last five games, he's had 14, 14, 6, 11, and then 16 and 40 points. Sorry, so it was four
1: of the last five, not three of the last four.
0: Yeah, four of the last five. Um, And then he's also been able to knock down his three-point shot as well. He's shooting it at 48.6%. So should be another big game for Halliburton here tonight. Um, Look at some of the comments in the chat here. KW Franchise checking in. Turner, 20 points points, uh, at plus 125. I do like that. Daniel pointing out the Rockets tried for the first three quarters and then quit. Yeah, that's pretty much taking uh, uh, for you at, at its finest. But yeah, um, and then also Daniel pointing out Turner double-double last night was plus 220 off the board. Now, uh, let me see if I can see that price. Turner double-double. Maybe he's ruled out tonight. I still see a plus 240 out there for his double-double. Maybe uh, shop around for it. You'll, you'll see it. Uh, Scott, anything else for this game?
1: I don't really have much else. You can make an argument maybe for Jalen Green if you think that with Porter being out, he's just going to shoot the ball 20 times, but who knows? I don't really have much for Houston. I would probably link to Kenyon Martin Jr. I know he burned me against uh, the Nets where he just didn't shoot the ball enough, but his points prop is pretty low, and I think it's pretty appealing. I saw Kenyon Martin no three-pointers made or like plus 125. He's really not a high-volume guy from three, and he's not good at it. He's shooting roughly 31% from three. Mm -hmm. I don't mind that as a potential play if you want to go for a plus price. Just Kenyon Martin, no three-pointers at plus 125. You might have to sweat out one or two attempts, but if that's all you have to sweat out, that's a pretty good deal.
0: Yeah. Uh, Yeah, I don't hate that. Again, this team's not even a good... They're not a good three-point shooting team at all. Um, Kenyon Martin Jr.
1: realizes that. That's why he mostly goes to the rim.
0: Yeah. Um, I think probably like Jalen Green, and then when we had Grayson Matthews, that was the guy for um three pointers. But something to address. Grayson Matthews, you mean? Yeah, Garrison Matthews. I'm sorry, what did I say? Harrison.
1: You said uh, Grayson, I think.
0: Oh yeah. Uh, Jake pointing out Tyrese triple double, ninety to one. Yeah, sprinkle on him, man. again, this should be a. I think we'll see a, a lot of pace in this game, which again leads to the rebounding and things like that. So yeah, definitely. Uh. I'll sprinkle a little bit on it, especially at 90-1. to one. All right, let's get over to the next game of the night here, Scott. Uh, probably, I don't know, I thought the Rockets and Pacers was worse, but this game is probably going to be even worse than that. We have the Charlotte Hornets in the Motor City here tonight to take on the Detroit Pistons. Uh, looking at the opening line for this game, I am seeing the Charlotte Hornets open up as a 2.5-point Road favorite here. That number is now up to minus four. Total open about 226. See 225. And starting to see some 224 and a half pop up as well. Looking at the injury report for both of these teams. For the Charlotte Hornets, we know LaMelo Ball is out. Uh, Cody Martin is going to be out for this game as well. For the Detroit Pistons, uh, guys that are officially out, Boyan Bogdanovich, I don't think we'll see him for the rest of the season. Hamadou Diallo is also out for this game and Alec Burks. So Bogdanovich, Burks, and Hamadou Diallo are all out. Jalen Duran and Kay- uh, Killian Hayes are all probable here tonight. And Isaiah Stewart is also out here tonight. So uh, again, another team entering the tankathon for the Victor sweepstakes. Uh, Scott, let's start with the side here. Minus four, let's call it minus four uh, in favor of the Hornets in the Motor City tonight.
1: For me, I feel like the best play based on trends is actually to take the Pistons' first half in this game. I have no interest in the full game. I'd probably lean to Charlotte. I'm hoping maybe they'll build some momentum after that comeback win against the Knicks last time out. But the first half numbers for Charlotte are so bad that I have to kind of blindly take the Pistons at home. The Hornets, if you didn't know, are the worst first half team in the league. They are, I believe, 24-42-1 ATS in the first half of the season which is the worst record in the league. Detroit isn't a great first-half team either, but they have been okay lately. They've actually led at halftime in two of the first three meetings this season against Charlotte. But the Hornets have trailed by at least 16 points at halftime in each of their last four games, and now they're laying points in the first half here. I get it. It's correlated between the full game and the first half. I I have to take the points against Charlotte in the first half. I just feel like even if Detroit – is basically tanking, they're going to let Jaden Ivy have a showcase for the last couple of games here, the last month or so. Mm-hmm. I got to at least point out the trend. Charlotte is a really, really bad first-half team. They are the worst first-half team. If you're going to give me the Pistons money line in the first half at plus money, I got to be tempted by it, no matter how bad the roster is. So I feel like my main option is going to be leading Pistons first half. I'll back the, I'll fade the Hornets in the first half because for the last week or so, it's been printing money. I'll just stick with it.
0: Yeah. uh, On the road this season, they are 13, 22 and one against spread in the first half, but like Scott mentioned in the first half, by far, they are the worst team um, against the first half spread. They are 24, 42 and one Uh, again, depending on the number, it could be a little better. It could be a little worse, but uh, Indiana right down there with them, along with the Clippers and the Sixers. But yeah, I, I think that, you know, you guys talked about this I think a couple weeks ago where uh, Chicago was in Detroit and uh Detroit came back. I mean, they didn't lay down in that game. They made it a game in that fourth quarter and they they got the cover uh, almost the outright win if it wasn't for the JD uh Jaden Ivy debacle calling that timeout. But um I think this Hornets team may be a little high after that victory, comeback victory against the New York Knicks. Now they're going into the Motor City. Um I will lean full game with the Pistons here. I like taking those home underdogs. I do like your call there about the first half. I'll I'll coastline that with you. Um, I mean, just take a look at the home numbers for the Pistons. It hasn't been pretty, 13-17-1, 11-16-1 against the spread uh, at home. But the Charlotte team got the victory, yeah, I understand. But I I just feel like this is a good spot for the Detroit Pistons here tonight um, uh, on the full game. Uh, Let's get over to the total here, Scott, sitting at uh, 225 right now over on WinBet. What do you think?
1: This one's pretty tricky because Detroit basically has nobody left, but I can see points here because Charlotte doesn't guard anybody either, which is going to make this kind of fascinating. I really don't have any strong opinions on the total for this one because there's just so much uncertainty with the overall roster for Detroit, that I'm not sure if they're going to be able to score. Charlotte defensively, we know, is terrible. But to go through the two meetings this season, uh, or the three meetings, first meeting landed 275. That was with overtime involved. Second meeting landed 230. Third meeting landed 223. I think I'm going to lean to the under, but I really don't have a strong opinion on it.
0: I want to say that Charlotte has been the best team defensively since the all-star break in rating yeah plus all-star break charlotte number one shockingly 106.8 defensive rating um they've done a great job rebounding the basketball i mean i know obviously when you well, you lost mason Plumlee, but mark williams nick richards those guys even gordon hayward you could throw into that conversation as well i mean they they've been doing a great job rebounding and really limiting second chance opportunities for the opposition so I mean, take that. I think I do like the under in this game. I just feel like it'd be probably one of those 110, 107 type of finals under something under 220 here. So um, I'm not going to be playing this game. I'm not going to be watching this game. But if you want picks, if you got it there, we're both on leaning towards the under and then uh, Detroit first half for Scott. And then I'm taking the full game as well for uh, the Detroit Pistons here tonight. Um, any player props that stick out to you uh, in this game here, Scott?
1: No, I feel like if you want to go for maybe a Wiseman double-double, I wouldn't mind it because even though you said been better at rebounding, somebody's going to have to rebound for Detroit, and it's either going to be uh, Wiseman or the, – the point is you never you don't even know what Detroit's going to do moving forward with the rest of the roster in terms of minutes. Wiseman yeah. is a guy that they acquired for pretty much nothing, and he was a former top three pick, so you're hoping he can get it together. Durin might be back, so just keep an eye on it. Uh, Durant might be back in the lineup, so maybe him double-double if you think that he's not going to have a big minute restriction there. Ivy assists have been solid. Uh, I know that Hayes might play in this game. I'd prefer it if he didn't for the sake of Ivy assists, but <laughs> Ivy's a back-to-back double-doubles. I got to at least point it out.
0: Yeah, 13 assists, 12 assists in the last two games for uh, Jaden Ivy currently seeing that uh, number at f- five and a half here tonight, Scott. I know I did, obviously, with Killian Hayes probably back here tonight, but again, we'll see what the minute allocation is for those two guys. Uh, But at five and a half, it is at minus 140. Chop around, try to get the best number, but I still think that he can get at least six assists here tonight. Double-double uh, is at 6-1 to one for Jaden Ivey, for those of you wondering uh, if you want to get on that. despite I know, I know last game back.
1: it was like plus 430, I think, and that yeah. ended up cashing. But I also am tempted by Oubre. I saw his points were at like 22.5. He's at at least 26 and three of the last four. Yep. Detroit, we know, doesn't guard anybody. But the main thing that you have to wonder anytime a star player is injured, who's going to take all the shots? in the person's absence and Ubre does not need permission or he doesn't need to ask twice to take extra shots. Yeah. The volume has been there for him. He's been efficient. I think that 22 and a half is a little bit of low for a guy that has no conscience whatsoever. I don't mind taking over with Ubrey points.
0: And he's had pretty good success against this uh, Pistons team this season, uh, or at least in one game back on December 14th. He had 28 in that game in 40 minutes, and then 18 in the last game against the Pistons back on February 27th. So, uh, yeah, like Scott mentioned there, he's gone over this number in four out of the last – three out of the last four games, 29 – 26, 29, 17, and then 27. So that might be worth a look. Uh, my guy, Wham, pointing out uh, Gordon Hayward, PRA over 26 and a half. Uh, I do like that. I think that's been really cashing for uh, for Wham there. Um, obviously, I think that Gordon Hayward does have the ball in his hands a lot uh, with LaMelo Ball now gone. But over his last five games, he's averaging 17.2 points, 4.2 rebounds, 5.6 assists. He's playing the minutes as well, averaging right around 35 minutes per game. Last game against the Knicks, he almost had a triple-double, 23 points, 9 rebounds, and 8 assists. So uh, that might be worth a look as well here tonight for Gordon Hayward. Uh, anything else for this game, Scott? I don't think I have anything else. All right, let's keep it moving here. The next game on the schedule, it's going to be the Utah Jazz down in Florida here tonight to take on the Orlando Magic. Looking at the opening lines for this game, I am currently seeing the Orlando Magic open up as a three-point favorite. That number's now been bet up to minus three and a half. Still see some minus threes out there as well. Total open at 232. That number's been bet up to 234. Do see some 234 and a halves out there as well. Looking at the injury report for both of these teams, let's start with the road team here, the Utah Jazz. Jordan Clarkson and Walker Kessler are officially questionable here tonight. Uh, They didn't play in their last game against the Dallas Mavericks, and also Colin Sexton is going to be out for this game as he deals with the left hamstring strain. For the Orlando Magic, uh, Wendell Carter Jr. is officially out for this game. Jonathan Isaac is out as well. Uh, and that is pretty much it for the Orlando Magic. Scott, let's start with the side here. Minus 3.5 for the Orlando Magic, currently over on win Bet. What are you thinking?
1: So Utah has not been playing well lately. They've lost four straight. Uh, they're terrible on the road at 11-22, and 22, but I do think there's actually value on Utah, besides the fact they've been a good underdog all season long, and they were pretty competitive against Dallas last time out, losing that game by four. I just think that when you're looking at the overall rosters, the teams are pretty close. And I think that with Utah, potentially having Clarkson and Kessler in the lineup, which would be a big boost. They're both questionable, so we'll see. But I think there's a decent chance both guys play. Orlando's using Mo Wagner at center, who's been okay at times, but he's definitely worse than Wendell Carter Jr., especially defensively. Yeah, I think I'm going to go with Utah here. I just think with Markkanen being able to look like the best player on the court. You can argue that he's better than Boncaro right now, and he probably is the best player on the court. Clarkson's still solid. Kessler's still a good rim protector. I think there's value with Utah. We know there's been value with them all season long as underdogs, but I don't want to lay points with Orlando at home against a team that is going to be getting some guys back most likely. I'll take the Jazz money line. I think that they have a good enough roster to beat this Orlando
0: team. Orlando 2-6 and six as a home favorite this season. Um, I think we got to put the Terrell rule in effect here. If Utah's an underdog, you take them. And if they are favored, you fade them. I, I think I agree with you again. Um, on the road this season, they've been pretty good against spread. I have Utah 14-9-1 against the spread. Um, Orlando, like I mentioned, um, as an underdog at home, they've been fantastic as a home favorite. Not very good at 2-6. Hopefully Kessler and uh, Clarkson are able to go in this game here tonight, at least if one of the two. Uh, I think if Kessler does start, it, it could be a monster rebounding game for him tonight. Um, like we talked about, with without Wendell Carter Jr. in there, it's, you're working with, what, Pancaro. Mo Wagner. Yeah, Mo Wagner. So I think that he should really have a big game on the boards if he is going to be able to go in this game here tonight. Um, so I'll, tell you, I'll take Utah first half as well in this game, um, and then I'll go full game with Utah as well. Thoughts on the total here, Scott? We currently see a number of 234.
1: This, I think I'm going to lean to the over. I feel like I have to just based on how both teams have been trending lately. Yes. Utah's allowed at least 120 points in three straight games. Mm-hmm. Uh, they had a game that landed 236 against Dallas. You, had, uh, you 248 against OKC, 233 against OKC, but they only scored 103 in that game. Orlando, though, gave up 134 with no Giannis to Milwaukee, gave up 122 to Portland, gave up 139 to Milwaukee with Giannis. Defensively, they've not been good. I'm going to go with the over.
0: Yeah, I agree. Uh, Magic are the number one team to the over in non-conference games at 70% this season. Uh, 17 and 7 towards the over non-conference games. Uh, and if you want to filter that down to uh, home games in non-conference, they're 11 and 3 where it bumps up to 78.6%. Average uh, final score around 234 right on the dot here. But like you mentioned, you know, Jazz have been given up. Orlando have been given up the points. I think we'll see a uh, back and forth here with defense being very optional in this game. So I do like the over 234 in this game uh, between the magic and the jazz. It's going to have some player props here, Scott, uh, anything that you like player
1: props. It's going to be a bit tricky to find anything that I'm fully tempted by. I, I like Kessler, but I don't know if he's going to play or not. I guess if I'm not sure, I'm going to pivot to a link, rebound and <clears throat> rebounds have been a pretty solid and underrated market lately. So you can potentially take the over with Linux, but keep an eye on Kessler, though, because Linux rebounds will look a lot better if Kessler's not in the lineup. Markkinen, I think he's going to have a big game. I don't think anyone on Orlando can actually guard him. So I think Markkinen could walk into a 30-piece. Keep an eye on that. I'm trying to think of what I like for Orlando because Boncaro, I think, is going to have a good game here, so I probably would lean to him. Do you want to make a case for Mo Wagner double-double uh, since they don't exactly have many options at center?
0: I think you have to, right? I think like I'm trying. I'm trying to see right now how Mo Wagner has done without Wendell Carter Jr. Uh, in the lineup this season. Uh, let me see here. Um, um, let me try to pull that up. I know there's uh, for Fran Walker's on the team too, so it's giving me both guys. But um, yeah, I think you can make the case for a Wagner double double. Do you see a number on that?
1: Um let me check to see if I can find it. But I'm looking at the recent games for Wagner. He's been pretty good. 18 8 against Milwaukee. He only played twenty one minutes. Fifteen and seven in thirty-three minutes against Portland. Uh he had thirteen and six in sixteen minutes against Charlotte. So I guess the concern is maybe his minutes might be a little bit short, but once again one of the Carter's out. So I'm expecting a boost there. Uh Uh, let me just see if I could find an exact number. I doubt it.
0: Let's see a three to one.
1: You see three to one? Okay. I'm or trying to Wagner. think if yeah. yeah, I'm trying to think if that's actually good enough or not.
0: But who's been getting all the rebounds if he had they haven't been playing? Let me see some of their game logs here. Well, Wendell uh, Carter
1: has been playing. He's just not playing today.
0: Yeah, I mean he did play in the last game. Um eight rebounds for Wagner in that game.
1: I'll ask, what do you prefer though, for a double double price? Do you prefer Mo Wagner at three to one or Boncaro at 260?
0: I think Mo Wagner for me. At 3 to 1. I think that he's a guy that fills up the stat sheets as well uh with I, mean, I think you guys have talked about it, you and Terrell about his assist or cashing as well for uh Mo Wagner and his PRA has been solid as well. So um that last game he only played 21 minutes but he still had 18 points and eight rebounds in that game. But that was a blowout against uh in that last game against Milwaukee. So I think we got to sprinkle something on that double double here Scott.
1: I think 3 to 1's a good press.
0: Yeah, 100%. Um, see guys, anything pointing out in the chat. Nick saying uh Panquero five plus three zero tonight at two hundred and fifty to one. Um yeah, I mean he's
1: actually made a couple this month though, so congrats to Banquero. The official under half a three-pointer streak is dead. At, like plus one fifty every time. Went yeah. one for thirty-three in the month of February. That's that was gonna be a glorious month for me to remember. But yeah, I I'm not gonna take five and you can make a case that the volume is still there. So maybe you can gamble and go for one or two, but he's not a good three point shooter. Yeah. So,
0: all right, before we continue the conversation here for the games here tonight, let me tell everyone about uh the newest sponsor on the sports gaming podcast network. And that is going to be shady rays. Summertime is right around the corner and you need to get those sunglasses to protect your eyes from the sun. Or if you're going on a trip, whether it's on the West coast or the beach, uh, you're going to need those sunglasses. And Shady Rays, uh, they've got you covered. Uh, they are uh, specialized in premium polarized shades and they're customizable snow goggles and much more. They're an independent sunglasses company that offers a world-class product that's just as good as any expensive pair that we've ever worn. They have durable frames and they're extremely clear optics for outdoor uh, adventures. That's not all. Shady Rays offers the most insane protection in all of eyewear. Every pair of sunglasses is backed by the lost and broken replacements. And if you lose or break your pair, even on the first day you receive them in the mail, they told us they're going to send you a brand new pair without any questions asked. Wear your Shady Rays with confidence because they have your back long after you make your purchase. With Shady Rays, you can look good and feel good. To date, they have donated over 20 million meals to fight hunger with Feeding America. And if you don't love them, exchange them for a new pair or just simply return them within the 30-day window uh, time frame. There's no risk when you shop with Shady Rays. Their team always has your back. So exclusively, exclusively. For our listeners, Shady Rays is giving out their best deal for the new year. Go to ShadyRays.com and use promo code SGPN for 50% off when you buy two or more pairs of polarized sunglasses. Again, try for yourself the shades rated five stars by over 200,000 people. That's ShadyRays.com, promo code SGPN. All right, Scott, let's keep it rolling here, my man. Uh, the next game on the board, probably the game of the night or is the game of the night. It's going to be the Golden State Warriors uh, headed to Memphis to take on the Grizzlies here tonight. Uh, looking at the opening line for this game, the sign opened up in favor of the Mem- Sorry, again, with the Golden State Warriors, I'm sorry. Minus one and a half. That number's now been bet up to minus two and a half. Total opened up at 235 and a half. That number has pretty much stayed the course at 235 and a half. Do see a 235 out there. Looking at the injury report for both of these teams for the Golden State Warriors, uh, Andre Iguodala, Jonathan Kaminga, and Kavon Looney are all probable here tonight. And then uh, the players that are going to be out are Gary Payton II and Andrew Wiggins for the Warriors. And then for the Memphis Grizzlies, like we mentioned at the top of the show, Steven Adams is going to be missing another four weeks Um, for the Grizzlies. Brandon Clark, we know, is out for the year. John Morant, again, not with the team, and that is pretty much it. So Adams, Clark, and John Morant are all out for the Memphis Grizzlies here tonight. Scott, let's start with the side here. Uh, The Golden State Warriors have been atrocious on the road, to say the least. Uh, Defensively, they've been atrocious. Despite after the All-Star break, they were doing really good defensively, but they took a huge loss in OKC the other night. Um, But what are you thinking about this spread at minus 2.5 in Memphis here tonight?
1: So Golden State has owned Memphis. Uh, they've won the first two meetings of this season. They won the playoff series last year. But having said that, I'm going to go with Memphis on the money line here. I can't back Golden State as a favorite on the road. I, I just can't do it. They're seven and twenty-five straight up on the road. Memphis, even with all the turmoil, they're still twenty-six and five straight up at home. They're mm-hmm. incredible at home. I get the argument is well, Memphis doesn't have any options because Jaw's out, and I, I get all that, but. I can't back Golden State on the road, laying points. I I just can't. On principle alone, I'll hold my nose and I'll pick Memphis.
0: Warriors have lost for the last five games in Memphis on the road. I'll say that. Um, And then you parlay that with how bad they've been on the road this season. They're Um, awful. Yeah. It's just like defensively, man. I don't know what's going on. It's just...
1: Well, you know what's going on. They're not good.
0: Yeah. I mean... (laughs) They're three. And
1: wait, Wiggins has missed a bunch of time and he's their best on-ball defender and that doesn't help, but you also have Draymond who had a temper tantrum in the middle of last game because Poole didn't pass him the ball and he gave up on the play midway through, and yeah, that's a great job leading the team, Draymond, but <laughs> I, I, I don't think there's much to like about this Golden State team. People keep trying to tell me, you know, watch out for this team. This team's going to mean business in the playoffs. Are they? They can't win a road game. They're going to be having to win at least one road game in every playoff series if they're not in the play-in, which they might be. People keep trying to hype up this Golden State team based on reputation. This team isn't good. Like, Is, is that a fair statement? Because it really feels like this team is not very good.
0: I, I mean, I think they're still good, obviously, with them being the defending champions, right? Relatively but speaking, defi- they're
1: fine. Yeah. I'm just saying for an actual title contender or a team that you have to be seriously worried about, yeah. I don't think they're even close to making it past the second round.
0: I, I think that it, again, health is the biggest thing with this team. But you, you have to. You, you're right. You have to win road games in playoffs, um, especially if they don't. If they fall to like a six or seven seed, they're not going to have home court advantage, right? Where are that they now? And they're at the six. They're sitting at. I think I said five earlier, didn't I? Let me see. Um, I thought they were six. Um, let's see. If it wants to load here, uh yeah, here we go. Standings. They are currently sitting at number five. So they're tied with the Clippers uh for that fifth spot. I mean, if officially if the playoffs started today, the Gold Steelers would be the fifth spot. We'd be taking on Phoenix in a four-five matchup. How far
1: behind Phoenix are they? Three games. Okay.
0: Now they're only half a game ahead of the seven and eight spot as well. Uh, to get it or to be in that play in tournament bracket. Dallas is down there now with probably going to be without Luca. Minnesota has been, you know, yeah. they've been okay. Uh, but at some point you have to turn it around. <laughs> I don't think it'll, I think this is the ultimate get up spot of get up spots for the Memphis Grizzlies after everything that's kind of been said between Draymond and Dylan Brooks. I know they're going to be without John Moran and Steven Adams in this game, but for me, the Warriors, again, if this game was at home, I would be all over the Golden State Warriors. But 7-25 yeah. and 25 on the road, Scott. The Pistons are 7-26. and 26 And they were playing the against
1: OKC, which makes sense because, you know, yeah. OKC wasn't playing well And Golden State. You figured who's also done well against OKC would just score a bunch of points. Yeah. They scored a bunch of points. They gave up 137, yeah. and they lost the game. You can argue that, you know, head-to-head, maybe the Grizzlies have a mental block against the Warriors, but they got nothing to lose for this game, as you said before. They got the yeah. home crowd behind them. They're against their arch rival. I think it's a good spot to kind of fade the public here. The public will be all over Golden State just based on mm-hmm. the rosters. Yeah, I think it's a good contrarian spot. I'll take Memphis at home.
0: Yeah, I think, like I mentioned, uh, Golden State has lost four of the last five games in Memphis. And again, that was probably with some of those games with John Moran here. But again, I think just from a motivations perspective and an ultimate get up spot, this is probably the spot for Memphis. And again, the good probably time for them to lose his uh, or break this losing streak that they are on without John Morant. It it
1: just feels like people keep moving goalposts for Golden State, and I'm aware that they deserve some special treatment because they won a title last year, and of course that's baked in. But you, they've been awful, or they've been underwhelming for the entire season, and yet every month that goes by, people keep pushing, saying, it's okay, they'll figure it out at some point. They're going to make it work. they got a lot of championship pedigree. The entire West is up for grabs. Yet you're in the middle of March, and the team's still not very good. And people just keep saying the same excuses. They're going to figure it out. They're the Warriors. They'll wake up when it matters. Are they? Are you implying that these games have not mattered because they're the exact same team right now that they were three months ago?
0: Yeah, I think, again, this team is a completely different when Steph Curry's on the floor as well, right? He's missed, what, how many games this season? He's only played in 40 of the... Yeah, he's missed
1: a bunch of time. Clay has not been very good this year. Wiggins has missed a bunch of time. But Curry came back, and they've lost two straight. I'm not blaming Curry, but I'm just saying, even with him back in the lineup, they haven't been very good. And people keep waiting for them to flip a switch. Are we sure the light bulb just needs changing? because I'm not sure flipping the switch isn't going to change anything is going to change anything.
0: Yeah, he's only played in 40 of the 66 games here, but um I'm going to back also in this in the in this spot. Uh Memphis in the first quarter um since the all-star break, Memphis is the number one defensive team by far, 92.7 net or sorry, 92.7 defensive rating. Golden State 130.9. They have a minus thirty three point nine net rating in the first quarter since the all-star break. So I think this is a good spot for Memphis in the first quarter. Come out, get the crowd behind you. Again, we know I don't want to call it a rivalry because it's the Memphis hasn't won anything, but in Memphis' in mind, they think that this is a rivalry. I think this is a good spot for them in the first quarter. So I will I will take that uh as well in this game. Uh total Scott. 2.30, what did I say? 2.35 for this game? It's a bit uh, tricky
1: because Golden yeah. State's been so bad defensively, but I think mm-hmm. I am going to lean to the under in this game. Okay, Just based on the physical nature that I'm expecting for this game, first meeting landed 2.32, second meeting landed 2.42, but I remember free throws being pretty insane in that second game. I just think you're going to see more of a defensive slugfest here. Memphis Offensively, besides the game against the Clippers, it's really not been that good lately. They've scored less than 114 in three of their last four games. Golden State offensively was good against OKC. They were not good against the Lakers and not very good against the Pelicans. Defensively, they only have 91 points against the Clippers, so we'll see what defensive effort we get. This total for me seems a little bit high. I'm going to lean to the under, and I'm hoping that in a physical game between two teams that hate each other, you'll see a lower scoring contest.
0: Yeah, and I think that if Memphis – well, I mean, they did get into that shootout with the Clippers, but I think that if Memphis also to win this game, it would probably have to be like a, a a type of game where the Lakers won, right, uh, yeah. on, on that game on Sunday. Where Slow it down, what –
1: your big men dominate in the paint, rim protect, and hope that you can at least limit the Warriors in the perimeter and just clog up everything underneath. So I'll lean to the under. I see a game that lands somewhere in the mid-220s. Yeah,
0: uh all right, let's get over to some player props in this game. Anything that you do like?
1: Uh Tyus Jones, I think I have to be a fan of whether it's gonna be points or assists. Yeah. I really like him as a backup mm-hmm. point guard, and he's able to fill in and be a pretty competent starter. He's been good since Jaw got since Jaw got suspended. I know he had twenty five and twelve against the Clippers, had a pretty good game there his last time out as well. I'd probably look for his uh props here. I just think that he's got a decent shot, maybe at a double double in this game, but he's reliable. And that's what you ask for, for a point guard when you currently don't have any superstars offensively. Mm-hmm. You want a floor general. And yeah. I think Tyus Jones is a very solid floor general because his assist to turn- turnover ratio is what, the best in the league? In two of the last three years or so? He's constantly been fantastic with the assist to turnover differential.
0: Yep. Um, I was looking at Desmond Bain here tonight. Threes um, or points? Three points. Um... Let me see what that number's at. Eh, it's 23 and a half, but I, I do like the Titus Jones angle. Maybe sneaky Luke Kennard over eight and a half. I think that seems a little conservative. Uh, I know he's coming off the bench for them, but um, he can, obviously we know he can knock down the three-point shot uh, for this Grizzlies team. And again, like we mentioned, the Warriors have just been struggling Guarding anything, especially on the road. So
1: I was asking about Bain, by the way, because I see his threes at two and a half. And I guess my question is, do you think he can actually get to twenty-four points without hitting three-plus threes?
0: Uh, probably not. Let's look it up here. What he's been able to do the last couple of games. Um, Desmond Bain. The last five games, he's averaging twenty point four points per game. He's shooting at thirty-seven point seven percent. He's only gotten over two and a half in three out of the sorry two out of the last five games. And that was against the Rockets, where terrible three point defense. And then the game against the Clippers, where again, they're not very good defensively either since the All Star break or since they signed Russell Westbrook. So um yeah, maybe Jaron Jackson rebounds, I think maybe worth a look, but I'll dig this more into deep I'll dig more deeper into this as far as player props. But do you have anything else for this game, Scott?
1: Uh, not particularly. Can I get the over and technical fouls?
0: Yeah, I was going to say over under two and a half for Dylan Brooks and Draymond Green tonight.
1: Uh, then you're asking if anyone, any of them are going to get ejected.
0: <laughs> yeah. then they both yeah. get ejected.
1: See, if this was hockey, they would just have them fight each other on the opening face-off, and that would just be the end of it. But it's basketball, yeah. so you're going to see it prolonged over the course of this game. Yeah. Do you blindly take pool turnovers? Uh, it's, a little, it's a little high now at this point.
0: What's it at, three and a half? Yeah, give or take. Yeah, I mean with Curry back, I don't he hasn't obviously yeah. the playing time goes down for him, but
1: there's a lot more fun when Curry was out and you can just blindly yeah. take it, but
0: yeah. All right, let's get over to the next game of the night. It's going to be uh your Brooklyn Nets in Milwaukee here tonight to take on the Bucks. Uh opening line for this game was let's see here 13 in favor of the Milwaukee Bucks. That number's been bent down to minus twelve. So Total opened up at 228. That number's been bent up to 233 and a half. Looking at the injury report for the Brooklyn Nets, Nick Claxton is going to be out for this game. Spencer Didwitty is out. Cam Johnson is out. Royce O'Neal is out. Ben Simmons is out. Jesus. Uh, and then Milwaukee, Giannis is probable. Jay Crowder, Drew Holiday are all probable here tonight. Any case to be made here, Scott, for the Brooklyn Nets?
1: I think I actually am going to make a case. I'm not picking them to win the game. We'll just get that out of the way I'm not picking them to go into Milwaukee and win, however, I do think twelve I know it was thirteen on the overnight that spreads way too high and they played a, like a week or two ago Milwaukee covered they were awful in the first half and then they ended up uh being able to uh well kind of blow it open in the second half. The main argument is that the Nets are benching basically their entire roster mm-hmm. but this does feel like a kind of spot where Milwaukee gets out to a big lead and just coasts, and Brooklyn finds a way to actually get the job done. I am kind of interested with Milwaukee having all their starters, Brooklyn having nobody, and money has come in on Brooklyn because the lines drop the point, which I find interesting. And Mikel Bridges is playing, and Bridges has been their best player. Then again, you have New Orleans Noel starting in 2023 which is not exactly a good sign. (laughs) I think I'm going to lean to Brooklyn. If Milwaukee wins by 30, I wouldn't be surprised, but I do think that this is a classic look-ahead spot for Milwaukee. They're going to look at the overall roster, the starting lineup, and go, oh, we're going to dominate this game. They'll be up 15 to 20 early. They'll take their foot off the gas, and then the Nets will make a run in the fourth quarter. I'm going to lean to the Nets. I don't feel comfortable laying this spread against a playoff caliber team. Now, yes, I know playoff caliber means with the actual starters playing, but Bridges is still good. I just think they're going to end up seeing the Bucks win the game but really not look interested for a decent yeah. portion of this game. It has a letdown written all over it. Give me the Nets to keep this game somewhat close.
0: Sumner, Bridges, Harris, DFS, and Nerlens Noel are your starters here tonight for the Brooklyn Nets. Um, I think if you want to bet the Bucks, maybe early, like first yeah. quarter,
1: first quarter, first half. I'm a fan of, but would I be shocked if the Bucks were up like
0: get twenty back door. at
1: halftime? And the next thing you know, it's a ten point game with five minutes to go. No, I wouldn't be surprised. That's actually okay. kind of what I'm expecting for this game.
0: Yeah. Even that first half spreads at minus seven. First quarters at mi- uh minus four for the Bucks. But I'll go first quarter. Um, I think you you make a, a compelling case for a for a backdoor or for the uh Brooklyn Nets here.
1: I'd rather take it live, to be honest.
0: Yeah. Um, so I'll take the Bucks in the first quarter here, minus four. Uh let's get over to the total, Scott. Two th- what did I say, Two 33 and a half Is what I saw.
1: Yeah. Uh yes, that's what I yeah. see.
0: Two thirty three and a half.
1: So I'm going to go with the under in this one. Uh, besides the fact that the Nets don't exactly have many scoring options besides bridges, you're looking at the three games this season. Each meeting has landed below 229. And that involved Tyree or Katie and Giannis involved. And now you pretty much only have Giannis and Mikael bridges. I think the nets defensively, they've been better lately. Uh, now they're going to be shorthanded, but bridges is still playing. He's going to be a solid on ball defender, uh, Finney Smith, pretty good on-ball defender. The rim protection might be a concern without Klaxon, but Noel's okay at shot blocking. But the Nets have allowed less than 106 in three straight games. Uh, You're looking at Milwaukee defensively. I think they should be able to shut down this Nets offense for at least half the game. I'm going to go with the under. This seems a little bit high for a total.
0: I like the under as well. Um, I mean, again, I'm not going to reiterate everything that you said there, but um, I, I think that defensively, they'll be the bucks will be able to stay in front of this nets team um it might just be i don't know like 115 like 103 something in that i'm not range sure the nets like even that. get to
1: 100 so
0: yeah um they going to have to really rely on the three point shot right with with bridges dfs i mean these guys really i think their only shot creator probably was what spencer did Summer could get it done as well. But then the rest of the guys, Joe Harris, DFS, uh, Mikael Bridges. Bridges can get it done as well. We've seen that. He's had multiple great games for this uh, Nets team offensively. But, yeah, um, I'll go with the under, man. I'm not going to be betting it, but I am going to be betting that first quarter for short for the uh, Milwaukee Bucks. Um, Props in this game. We've talked a lot about Giannis just dominating this uh, Nets team. Anything changing here tonight?
1: I think if I was going to pivot, it would be Giannis triple-double. I think that even though he's come back from illness and he could walk into 30 and 15, I kind of wonder if he's going to go out of his way to get the triple-double after he had that rebound rescinded (laughs) by the league. I'm kind of curious if he's going to go out of his way to try to get it. I think it's the right call to rescind that, by the way. He wasn't trying to score, so I I was fine with that. But I think if I was going for props, the Nets are pretty tricky because I'm not sure where they're going to get their offense from. Do you blindly just pivot to a Cam Thomas game?
0: Uh yeah, I would think so. Like I think that's the one guy number one that can up the sh- we'll, we'll get up the shots. I mean, we know he has. He thinks he has ultimate green light. Don't see his props yet, but again, wait closer to game time. But he hasn't
1: played much lately because defensively they haven't been good or yeah. with him on the court, and they've been very good defensively without him. But when you're basically waving the flag on the game, I am wondering if Cam Johnson will get a decent amount of run in this matchup. I yeah. see somebody asking about Finney Smith double double. I don't like him points wise. I I get that Finney Smith is known for being a three and D guy. Since joining the Nets, his 3 pointers has been broken. He just can't shoot. I think I would pivot to Joe Harris' three-pointers, who's been very solid from three lately. Mm-hmm. Mikael Bridges is Mikael Bridges. You can back him. He's been very good recently. He even had 30-plus against Milwaukee last time out. But I think if I was going to make a pivot for anybody, it would probably be a Joe Harris prop because his three-pointers have been solid. Finney Smith makes sense if you want to go for a huge double-double price, but the offensive numbers have really not been there for him lately. I think I'm going to pass.
0: Okay. I did play Giannis rebounds over 11 and a half. Okay. Um, he's, had, he's averaging 14 per game in the three games already this season. They've played 14, 13, and 15. He's had uh, four, 13, more, 13 or more in five straight game against the Nets. And he's had 12 or more in seven out of the last eight games against the Nets. So at 11 and a half right now, I will take that over. Um, and then he's also he's only gone over this number in two of the last five games. But again, uh, the Nets have been one of the worst, if not, I think, the worst rebounding team uh, in the entire NBA since the All-Star break. And again, no Nick Jackson here tonight. So uh, not really much of a front-court presence. I mean, if you want to call it New Orleans, Noel a presence. So a uh, presence... As far as rebounding goes, but I think Giannis can dominate the boards again here tonight. So I did lock that up here, Scott. Uh, Anything else for this game or as far as player props or anything else?
1: I don't really have much else. Maybe if you want to pivot to like a Brook Lopez blocks, maybe. I don't mind it because the Nets don't exactly have many great three-point shooters in the lineup, especially now. Uh, Looking at who they're projected to start, you have Joe Harris, a good three-point shooter. Bridges, who's been better, but he's also not afraid to drive. Sumner is kind of a drive-only point guard, so Mm -hmm. I think that that could result in some blocks for Lopez. Noel, we know, is only going to attempt stuff in the paint. And besides that, that's basically it. So I don't mind Brooke Lopez blocks here against his former team.
0: All right. Let's get over to the last game of the night here. We got the New York Knicks on the West Coast to take on the Sacramento Kings here tonight. Uh, looking at the opening line for this game, this line opened up in favor of the uh, Sacramento Kings. Minus three and a half. That number's been bet down to minus two and a half. Total opened up at 235. That number's been bet up to 239 and a half. Uh, I do see some 240 starting to pop up as well. Uh, looking at the injury report for both of these teams. start here with the road team, the New York Knicks. Um, Moses Brown did get signed with this team. He's going to not be making his debut yet. Jalen Brunson is questionable here tonight with a left, um, uh, left foot soreness. And that is pretty much a significant injury for the New York Knicks. Jalen Brunson and everybody is healthy for the Sacramento Kings. So, um, Scott, let's start with the side here. Minus two and a half in favor of the Sacramento Kings hosting the New York Knicks. I'm
1: gonna go with the Kings in this spot. Until I know for certain if Brunson's going to play, then I feel like I have to lean to Sacramento. They're at home. They've been very good at home lately. The Knicks were on a nine-game heater. Then they ended up losing to Charlotte in an embarrassing fashion. I think it's mostly going to come down to the fourth quarter for me. You have De'Aaron Fox, who's been probably the favorite to win the Clutch Player of the Year Award, who's just been incredible down the stretch. Sacramento in the fourth quarter offensively has been one of the best teams in the league The Knicks are still not good late in games. Yes, I know they've won a couple of overtime games here and there, but every late-game possession is a Randall Ice going to a crappy fadeaway jumper every single time, and yes, it went in against Miami, but that was one of the worst possessions I've seen all year uh, with him bobbling the ball and then hitting the fadeaway kind of runner there. I'm going to go with the Kings because I think with the game on the line and the game being probably a one possession game late, I have a lot more faith in the Kings to get better looks down the stretch than the Knicks. That's enough for me. And Brunson potentially not playing is also kind of a sweetener. I'm going with the Kings in this spot.
0: I think that, yeah, um, I'm going to wait for a live number on the Kings just because like we've talked about a lot this season, the Knicks have been really good in the first half again, and they've been really good on the road. But like you've mentioned, like Boston, they've – given up a lot of fourth quarter or second half leads when they have been up at the half Um, so I might if there's like a first half full game uh, full time uh, thing with like Knicks first half and then Sacramento first or for the full game you may want to look at that but I mean the numbers don't lie right New York has been good on the road 15 and 8 against the spread as a uh, road underdogs seven and two as a road favorite. They are again, like I mentioned in our underdog spot here, 22 and 10 against the spread overall on the road this season. So I'll say with something that hasn't been broken, Uh Knicks first half, I'll take that. And then I think that if they are up, up at the half, probably come back and take Sacramento in the second half, because like Scott just mentioned, they just haven't been very good closing out games in the fourth quarter, um, especially. So I think that's the way I'm going to play this game. Um, Thoughts on the total here, Scott? It's ballooned now all the way up to starting to see some 240s now after an opening number of 235.
1: I think I'm going to lean to the under. Okay. I don't have a strong opinion on it, so I'm probably going to pass. But I know Sacramento plays very up-tempo, and I know the offense is solid. But this total just feels too high between two teams that are actually just solid. And the Knicks have had a couple of high-scoring games lately. Uh, you had the game against the Celtics, which did go to double overtime. You had the game against Miami, which landed 242, uh, where you had, you know, Randall hit that three-pointer at the end and it might have went under, but still. The Nets game that scored 142. I think I'm just gonna lean under. This total feels a little bit high between two teams that are just I, I just feel like this game's gonna be a lot more physical than people anticipate. And I don't think the Knicks are going to want to run with Sacramento. I think they're going to try to slow it, especially in the fourth quarter Mm -hmm. with Thibodeau doing his offense, quote-unquote. I see a lot of longer possessions down the stretch. I'm going to lean to the under in this one.
0: Yeah, I think I'm going to play the first half over and then... um,
1: Live line the under?
0: Yeah, live line the under because we've seen time and time again where, especially at home, the Sacramento Kings just, just come out and play a very fast tempo they are the number one team towards the over uh oh, sorry first half yeah first half over at 23 and 10 uh this season over the last 10 games they are nine and one to the over in the first half uh new york is also on that list um oh, let me filter this away games yeah new york six and four to the over in the first half um, as well. So I'm um, currently seeing that first half number probably should be around 122, 123. Then, uh, yeah, see so a 120 as far as the first half. So I'll take the first half over in this game. And then, uh, oh no, that's not right. That's the Bucks game. Um, give me one second. First half is 122 and a half. Yeah, so I'll take the over there um and then again if it's something in the range of like the 130s and you just, i think the game will slow down like scott mentioned there in the second half um with the under so for the total for me oh first half over nicks first half as well uh player props scott what do you got
1: uh for player props it's gonna be tough to lean to any unders i thought the full game might be tempting but the aaron fox i feel like is gonna have a serious matchup advantage against the knicks Mm-hmm. I'm trying to think who's even going to guard him. Do you try to throw Grimes on him? Like, what do you, what do you do for Fox? He's too fast Grimes. for
0: Grimes. I mean, the thing is way too fast for RJ Barrett. He'll just run Josh Hart, around but him. you
1: just run constant pick and rolls and get Mitchell Robinson onto him. Like, I just yeah. think it's going to be a good matchup for Fox. So I'll go with him. I do think Mitchell Robinson rebounds is worth a look because he has been yeah. a very good rebounder for this team. And yeah. double double might be worth a look there because Sabonis still doesn't give you much rim protection. Are you going to make a case for Randall? Because I do think Randall could have a big game here if Brunson's out. Maybe quickly three-pointers. There's really a lot of options you can go with.
0: Yeah, um, I like the Randall angle. I think you should get his tonight. Again, probably a matchup advantage. Um, did have 27 points in the game earlier this season against the Kings. Let me see how that game played out. Um, in it was
1: football. a pretty low-scoring game.
0: Um. Yeah, it was back on December eleventh, one twelve ninety nine victory for the Knicks. were really that fourth quarter, where they only combined for thirty six points. So, yeah. um, let's see. Sabonis had twenty points, twelve rebounds in that game. RJ Barrett surprisingly had a big game: twenty seven points, nine rebounds, six assists. Jalen Brunson had eighteen. Mitchell Robinson almost had the double double. He had twelve points and nine rebounds. So. Yeah, I think those are probably... I think, again, the Stars probably shine in this game, whether you want to go with Thierry Fox points, Sabonis uh, points, uh, Julius Randle points, uh, Mitchell Robinson double-double, if you want to sprinkle on that. I think that he should get some easy looks inside quickly. Uh, he's been playing really well since that. Again, we saw what he did against the Boston Celtics in that double-overtime game. But, yeah, I think the Stars do shine here tonight. Uh, Quentin Grimes, maybe three-pointers worth, worth a look here tonight as well. Um but, yeah, that is pretty much it. Anything else for this game, Scott, as far as side total props?
1: I think that's kind of going to wrap it up for me. Maybe you can make a case for Kevin Herter because the Knicks have not exactly been good at defending the three-point ball lately. But, no, nah, I think I'm just going to stick with the main stars in this game.
0: Yeah. be um, Franchise pointing out uh, under 18 effort, some bonus, probably be in foul trouble. Yeah, if he's guarding Julius Randle here tonight, I can see I don't We're, mind the points
1: under anyway because Mitchell Robinson still gives you good rim protection and Sabonis yeah. isn't exactly a great jump shooter. I think the rebound should be there for Sabonis and maybe assists if you want to make a case for that. But rebound I think Sabonis assist, yeah. could have a game with 16 points, 15 rebounds, and like six assists. I think that sounds kind of standard for him in this game.
0: Yeah. Yeah. All right, so that is the last game of the night for the uh, schedule here tonight in the association. Let's get into our lock and dogs here for tonight. Uh, Like I mentioned, six games. Scott, why don't you lead us off with your lock and dog for tonight?
1: All right, Uh, so for the lock-in the show, I think I am just going to bite the bullet and go with the Pacers uh, minus the, what do you say, nine and a half?
0: Uh, It's up to 10. It's up to 10 now? Damn it.
1: Okay, I'll take it anyway. (laughs) Uh, But I'll go with the Pacers. I just think that the Rockets are a horrible team. You throw the two games against the Spurs, they're losing by double digits all the time. And the Pacers at home have been solid ATS. I'm not going to overthink it. I'll go with Indiana uh, minus the 10. If you want to pivot to Halliburton assists, I don't mind that either. But I'll go with the Pacers minus 10 as my lock. And for my dog, I am going to go and back the trend here. I'm going to go back to the Pistons first half. It's going to sound dangerous because they might be benching some guys. But once again, Charlotte's the worst first half team in the league. They've trailed by 16 plus at halftime in four straight games. And Detroit, they didn't beat Washington, but they were a bit feisty last time out. I just think anytime you can fade the worst first half team in the league and still get plus money, I think that's very tempting. I'm gonna go with that. I just think that you're gonna find a pretty good price here for the Pistons, plus one thirty money line first half. I think it's a good price. I'm gonna take it.
0: Yeah, uh, we talked about it, right? Uh, Pistons. I think that yeah, they'll make it a game in the in the first half for sure. Again, they'll be without no Carter Jr. So I think the bigs. I think they have the the matchup advantage in this game to the uh, Pistons, whether it's Wiseman, whether it's Jalen Duran. Uh, I'm, I didn't say Bagley's was out tonight, as either for this Pistons team. But the point is, I think that again, the advantage will be inside for the uh, Pistons. At least get some easy basket. At least in the first half, we'll see. But uh, yeah, I do like those picks. Um, all right, for my lock, I am gonna go with I'm gonna go with Buddy Heel threes here tonight. Um, same game as you with the Rockets and Pistons. Three and a half is a number right now. Um, like I mentioned, this Rockets defense has just been atrocious defending the three point line since all star break. They've given up 17 makes per game. Um, and now you have a player like buddy Heald, who leads the league in makes um, in total makes this season. And he's also getting up close to 11 attempts over the last, I think it was like last 13 games is what I've seen against the Rockets in head to head matchup. So, Percentage-wise, I think that, again, he could get into the realm of easily making four here tonight. If you want to get this up to five, that goes to plus 180. uh, And I haven't been able to see a six or more, but I think that would probably be in the range of maybe three to one or even four to one uh, for Buddy Heald tonight. But over three and a half threes as my lock for Buddy Heald. For my dog, I'm going to go with the Memphis Grizzlies in the first – let's go with the first quarter. That number is currently at – let's see here – first quarter
1: should be a pretty small plus money print. yeah it's
0: plus 105 um for their money line the first quarter if you want to do a three-way line it is at plus 115 but i think that again if they're going to come out and, and if they're going to have a chance in this game they're going to have to keep this close in the first quarter we talked about how bad this warriors team has been on the road seven and 25 overall that's right down there with the teams like the Pistons or Rockets, the Spurs. And I talked about the net rating for this um, Warriors team since the All-Star break in the first quarter. They are minus 33.9. For reference, the next team is num- the number 29 team is the Brooklyn Nets at 24.9. Also mentioned that the Memphis Grizzlies, since the All-Star break, have been the number one defense in that first quarter. So um, I think this is, again, a game where they can come out, climb down on defense, take advantage of how bad the Warriors have been in that first quarter, especially on the road here, Scott. So it's a very small dog. It's a very puppy dog, uh, plus 105. But maybe shop around, you could get a better number. But I think Memphis could come out and win the first quarter against the Golden State Warriors. So that will be my dog of the night
1: yeah makes sense and golden state's had a tendency to fall behind by double digits early on and then has to rally in the second half.
0: Yep. All right, that's going to do it for this edition of the NBA Gambling Podcast. Again, before you guys get out of here, do us a favor, uh smash that subscribe button for the NBA Gambling Podcast. Again, hit that like button on this YouTube video. Um appreciate you guys tuning in every day um all the all of our fans in the uh in the chat Appreciate you guys um, joining us every single day. It's a lot of fun interacting with you guys uh, as far as you know picks and prop bets. So uh, appreciate you guys uh, coming in every single day. Scott and Terrell will be back tomorrow for the Friday game. Scott, anything else you want to mention before we get out of here?
1: Uh, not really. If I'm on Twitter, right show radio, I'll be back probably tonight or tomorrow for the tennis podcast. So stay tuned for that. But yeah, you know where to find me.
0: Uh, all right. Uh, make sure to follow the Twitter account for the NBA Gambling Podcast at SGP and NBA. Follow me on Twitter at SportsJard824. Till then, good luck with your picks. Let's break these books off and let it ride. Basketball, give it, give it, give it the ball